for some We need to have a new bit where you come in with a TikTok off the top rope. <laughs> well, how would that work? It's just no, like instead really of doing a sued. movie review, you review a TikTok you saw that week. That actually, like, no, like, but like, as a, like as a one-time bit, I think that would be hilarious. If you're like, yeah, no, so I, I just watched this really cool uh, video. I found it online. It's this website. I don't know if you guys heard of it before. Take Tayokato. Tikok. And then just go in and like describe it. Like, I think that would be good. I don't know if that's. <laughs> what the hell is an yeah, app? Like an review, appetizer at Applebee's? You review, the, review TikTok. <laughs> Pretty good app. I hope you're ready because once this train is moving, you can't stop it unless you hit pause or your listening device crashes. You're about to start listening to the Fool Court Press Podcast. That's F-O-O-L, Fool. We don't mess up your name, so say ours right. A terrible name, and I'm glad they're dead. Sandoria McConnell. Mussolini or something? Fool's Court Press. Jamarcus Russell Wilson. You are going to hear the hard-hitting, well-researched basketball analysis. Kawhi Leonard has a size 14 shoe, so... Uh, and somebody else I can't remember is from four strangers with no chemistry. I am the host, Lufa, who prides himself on precise NBA opinion. Yeah, it's this big shire. It's the land of Luke Canards. Well, you know how like the Florida Panthers are like in Sunrise, Florida? It's like not like a real place. I am joined by NBA draft specialist and Tuchel apologist, Baldy. All of Florida is just made up. As well as Sandoria. Yeah, a real dick that guy is. Whose consistent fire takes. No, like Luca, I think he's a real piece of shit. Luca's the owner of the Suns. I think he'd be a better owner. Will scorch every part of your franchise. Trade <laughs> this motherfucker. Sarver's a real piece of shit. What a stupid name. Well, we got a lake up there. We're the Lakers. Still a better name than the Thunder. Yeah, real dick that guy is. I hate you. Finally, we have our Australian basketball enthusiast, Duke. Brooklyn Nets have three players who were born in Australia. So pay attention. This may be free, but it's important. What does it mean? Jesus so fucking Christ, just shoot me. Everything yeah. will be fine. And we're back and better than ever. Thank you so much for returning to the Fool Court Press Podcast, the only podcast made by Fools for Fools. I'm joined today by Duke, Sandy, and not Baldy. Everybody say hi. What's up, Baldy? It's a shame the first meet of the night and he's already disconnected. No, I mean, he just saved, he just, uh, he said, save your mutes. I'm not joining today. Don't call me Sandy. Don't be named Sandy. All right. So we're going to start off this, uh, this, week with this weekly episode the same way we start off every episode with our topics de jante our topics de jour our topics of the week uh so first the uh, first new topic is uh doc rivers out of uh, 76ers coaching search news updates uh the draft lottery uh reactions and results some transition uh, transaction rumors uh the WNBA tipped off with Brittany grinder coming uh, grinder coming back and the Reeves versus Pool debate. So, Duke, what would you like to start with? Let's start with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is out. So, last week we were talking about the coaching uh, coaching stuff, and we talked about the 76ers. We said what was next. 
was Doc Rivers going to be out or not within 24 hours of us publishing the pod? The answer was he was going to be out. Sounds a lot. Like, it sounds a lot that uh, from the rumors that the reason why they uh, knocked out uh, or they fired uh, Doc Rivers is not necessarily because he has a history of consistently shitting his pants whenever he has a uh, has a lead in a series, um, but because uh, James Harden uh, didn't have a good relationship with Doc Rivers. And as a as a hope to retain James Harden's services, uh, they uh, they made the termination. So what? Uh, so uh, Sandy, what are your thoughts on the Doc Rivers termination, and uh, what do you think uh, of the of uh, the motivations, and what would you do next if you're Philly? Uh, I guess you got to try and get something back for Harden if he leaves. Yes. Well, I don't yeah, know, that, uh, what coaches there was a, are going to be even interested in that situation, if I'm being for real with you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's similar to the Milwaukee situation in the sense, like, yeah, you have like you have one of the top three players in the league on that roster, but the question is, what else do you have, and how long do you have them there? Like, you no one wants to be, uh, and no one wants to be uh, Steven Silas, where you join a team with a top five player, and then that player bails on you within two weeks of you starting your job, right? Um, that said, James Harden also let it be known apparently to the Phoenix or uh, to the Philadelphia organization that he is going to be testing the free agency market. Um, and there was rumors that he's looking for a, a deal in the range of four years, uh, $200 million. Duke, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the Doc Rivers, James Harden stuff? It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And, uh, someone's going to give it to him. I mean, he yeah. takes care of his body. At least he can trust that. Yeah, Hopefully the Suns give it to him. Big buffet, James. It ain't gonna be Philly. I don't. He's gone. Hopefully, he's another PH time. Yeah, he's gone. I don't think he'll go to Houston, but I think the Houston is the leverage. Probably, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Houston's not I mean, give that money, are they? Well, I mean, if you listen to Ime Adoka, the uh, the the rebuild is over. So. There's talk. There's talk of them looking at moving the the fourth pick, which we can. T- we're going to talk about the draft pick stuff. There's talk of them uh, packaging it with one of their existing young players, such as uh, Jalen Green, to try and get uh, bring in uh, a, a win now asset. You have to also remember they don't have. If they fall outside the lottery um, next uh, next draft, they don't have a draft pick. And they won't have draft picks every other year for the next uh, next six years, um, so they do have a lot of motivation to wrap up this rebuild. Except for they don't seem like they're anywhere close to being wrapped up based off of the results that we saw last season. Well, and I heard they're they're going to be shopping Shingun too. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, that's uh, that's one of one of the names that it looks like that's on the move in in hopes of getting. A better asset. I've heard Shingun being mentioned uh, in in uh, with uh, with the fourth overall pick to move up to either number two or three, um, and uh, we'll get we'll get into a little bit more of that a little bit later. But yeah, like um, it sounds like it sounds like the the time fr- uh, the time frame and the patience on this rebuild is over um, from uh, Tillman Fertitta. Like their organization is in. Uh, pretty dire straits when it comes to these draft picks so they need to move on from them anyways mm-hmm. uh, uh they so they need to at least make the playoffs uh, this offseason so in that case james harden does make a lot of sense to their organization um price. if they're looking 
if they're looking to uh, win now. Now the question is, uh, the, the thing is, is does James Harden even want to play there? And once again, I think he can get whatever pre- he can take whatever contract he wants, price wise, uh, from uh, to Houston uh, to Houston, present it to the 76ers and say, listen, I'm going to go here unless you guys match it or this other team wants to match it and you you do a sign-in trade for me. I think that's that's where it's going to uh, go to, but. I don't uh, like. I, I believe that the Harden room. Uh, I I believe the Harden uh, rumors to Houston are probably true. I think there's the smoke has been there since Christmas, and it's only getting thicker. But I, I I suspect that he's using it more as a play to get him moved to a team that will be more of a competitor than Philly or uh, uh, Houston. Hmm. And that and that team I think is likely Phoenix. That said, four uh, four years, two hundred million dollars. Uh, that's not a good. <laughs> that's not a good that's contract. Bad. That's that's bad money. That's bad yeah. money year one. Yeah, and like and the thing is, is like for Phoenix to do that, that would with Booker, Durant, and and Harden, they're basically at the luxury tax, meaning whatever roster mm-hmm. they put themselves over goes over that lead apron every year for four years. Well, and. They they one of their big issues this season was depth. Yeah. After the Durant trade, so they're just yeah. going to be putting themselves further into that. Yeah, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a good move for Phoenix, I don't think. But I, I think that like that said, this Matt Ishbia guy, he seems to not really care so much about the the actually building of a, a roster and more uh, more into the shiny objects, which is why he's hanging out with Isaiah Thomas, which is why. Yeah. He he immediately he immediately traded his team for Durant, uh, so if he's calling the shots, he hears James Harden's available, and all he has to give up is like a Chris Paul or something like that. He's gonna do it, I think. Like I mean, that's uh, mm. shiny object written all over it, right? So mm. Chris Paul in uh, Philly, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Bring Doc back. <laughs> Man, Get the gang back together. Everything <laughs> is just. I think a pick and roll with uh, Chris Paul and uh, Joel Embiid might actually have some promise. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, Chris fit. Paul revival uh, revitalized Bismack Biombo's career. I'm sure he could do something with Joel. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's it honestly probably Chris Paul three seasons ago is probably yeah. a better fit than Harden, but Chris Paul now, who knows, man. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, so Duke, uh, you want to move on to the next topic, Dejounte? We have the uh, coaching search updates, mm-hmm. uh, draft lottery. Or sorry, you already picked. So Sandy, uh, coaching search op- updates, draft lottery, transaction rumors, WNBA tips off, or Reeves versus Pool. What you got, Sandy? I'm personally not interested in any of these. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Reeves versus Pool. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, who who you got, Reeves or Poole? Probably Reeves. So there's a lot of talk about uh, Reeves coming up for contract extension. There's been rumors of uh, teams preparing to put together an uh, offer that would surpass what the Lakers would be willing to put together for him um, as a restricted free agent with the knowledge that um, that the Lakers have the ability to match. And a lot of people are comparing uh, Jordan Poole, who... Uh, received a hundred and twenty or hundred and forty million dollar contract over four years, 
um, that starts this season uh, to uh, Reeves and uh, wondering if that's the kind of contract that Reeves should be expecting. So, Duke, what are your thoughts? Uh, give me Reeves all day, man. He's yeah. uh, he's got he's got promise. Would you have Reeves at thirty two million a season though, on average over four years? He needs now. to do it another year. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you need a little bit more longevity. I think this is what are we seeing? Like two months of this, three months of this. I mean, that's what we had on Pool that got him that contract, really, right? We had Pool have a. I guess, but he was, have a he season was... of season of him being really good. And now they've yeah, seen was... that it didn't work out with them. Pool was on the bench, I think, for like two, three seasons, or. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was on the bench for two seasons, okay, and then yeah, he, yeah. then he entered into the starting lineup uh, year three, and that's where he had his big breakout. And then he was part of the championship run, um, part of the pool party lineup, which was the new uh, death lineup. It sounds um, just as then, threatening. Then he got punched in the mouth and hasn't been able to hit a shot since. Got it knocked loose. The punch that collapsed a dynasty. Hmm. Luckily, they'll keep that guy around. Man. Gotta keep our psychopaths around. If we if we knew at the time that that was just gonna screw everything up, I think we would have reveled in it a little bit more. I think we did a pretty decent job reveling in it. Uh, yeah, I laughed at it quite a bit on air. Yeah. <laughs> we had the yeah. whole thing about Draymond, like just just doing this routinely with everybody though didn't we we, we talked a lot of shit we had about the triple it. single the triple single we had the, mm, that's right. yeah we we talked about how uh, how pool was the it was the urine that uh, the urine soaked boxers after he got knocked out all right well i stand corrected <sighs> i mean there's a lot of a lot of Fair jokes enough. that were made Don't what, I, what else pool. are we supposed to do bring it back up every fucking week afterwards hey hey i just i just said i stand corrected you're gonna keep going yeah i'm a little pissed off with that uh with that we of course we made fun of it like, like talking to my wife <laughs> all right clip it rather be pissed off than pissed on cut that <laughs> clip it send it <laughs> cut it delete delete that uh submission for radio hall of fame she all right <laughs> All right, so Duke, uh, we got coaching, uh, coaching search updates, draft lottery results, and transaction rumors, and the WNBA tipped off. Oh man, uh, I like. I think the most interesting thing going on right now is uh, is the coaching stuff, just because yeah. Missoula's gone. I mean, right? Like, he's gone. like it's crazy right now. The jobs that are already available, and on mm. top of that, it seems. Pr- pretty likely that another one's there didn't he just get a six-year contract yep. too yep yep, yep. <sighs> yeah man and in that ownership group does not like spending money like they won't even pay they they won't even pay like they they took forever to pay luxury tax on this team that's been to the conference finals four times in the last six years i saw a tweet earlier that said imagine how different this playoffs would have gone that the sex pest had just logged on to the internet instead. <laughs> Maybe he was doing both. Um, but like, like I, I, I guess this is Brad Stevens' second season as a general manager. In his two seasons, they went to the finals and the Eastern Conference Finals, respectively. 
but also in those two seasons they had to let go of a coach for uh, his first coaching hire for um, inappropriate workplace behavior and they're going to clearly shit can this other uh, coaching hire that's on like a six year contract uh, one season in because he clearly has no idea what he's supposed to be doing in game and has already lost his locker room within within a is within a six month period of time and the fans um can I, can I just correct you there not within a six month period of time within a five game period <laughs> of time well he wasn't i mean he he has not been doing well throughout the season like i mean this like the team had been doing well but there's been a lot of questions about his behavior there's been a lot of snipes in the media between uh, by some of the players throughout the uh, throughout the season and throughout the playoffs um but yeah no i mean if you're looking if you're looking at that like does like do you call brad stevens judgment into question like these are two major hires that are kind of blowed up his blown up his face almost immediately fire brad stevens let's i think they i think they how about they demote brad stevens to head coach well, he wanted like he wasn't doing it like the last last season that Brad Stevens uh, had coached. They were a 500 basketball team, and he got knocked out. In the first I have round. the perfect guy for the Boston Celtics. All right, who? Doc Rivers. No, get out of here. It all comes full circle. I think Doc. I would like. I would like nothing more than for Doc Rivers to enjoy retirement with his 20, uh, 20 million dollars over the next three years that the Philadelphia uh, 76ers you, have to pay. You bring him. in Doc, you bring in Kendrick Perkins as an assistant, you bring in Rajon Rondo and Ray Allen as his other assistants, get KG over there. Because <laughs> you don't want to lose a locker room, make Rajon Rondo a coach. <laughs> You'll lose him during the regular season when the playoffs get here. <laughs> Rondo's coach would be a weekly Draymond video. <laughs> They'll run through a wall for him during the playoffs, or else. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put something out there. What? What if it's? What if it's the players? <laughs> well, I Which mean, ones? Right? I, All I put of this them. In, I put this in the. I, I put this in the ch- like uh, into the chat uh, with uh, uh, earlier today. But Jalen Brown been uh, been there one year longer than Tatum. Right, his rookie season conference finals, second season conference finals, which would have been Tatum's rookie season, semis, conference finals, opening round, finals, now conference finals. Why is it between Tatum and Jalen Brown? They always seem like they're shitting their pants in the fourth quarter. Like they've been there before. Like I mean, like the, like the argument, uh, the argument that young teams, ha- young players, have to go through their growing pains, and I get they're twenty, uh, like they're twenty six and twenty four respectively. But they've been there before. You know what? Maybe their bodies are just on a cycle. They always have to shit during the fourth quarter. They can't help it. <laughs> I think it's totally fair to say that they just can't meet the moment. And and the reality is is that. Between the two of them, they're up for six hundred and fifteen million dollars worth of contract extensions yeah. uh, this off season. Uh, both of them qualified for the supermax. It's well known that if Jalen Brown doesn't get the supermax, he's out of there. Like, mm-hmm. and the reality is, is Boston. Like, what other options do they have? Like, they have to. Tra- like, like they can't, if they end up trading him, or uh, if they end up tra- trading him, they're not going to get the same type of talent back. 
So what do you do? And you know they they weren't willing to trade him <laughs> the last two, three, four seasons. Well, they it's like they every... they had the opportunity to move him for Kawhi. They had the opportunity to move him for AD. Now, granted, those are like one year rentals, so it's understandable why they didn't necessarily blow up their team. And like I said before, in the last seven years, they made the conference finals four times and the finals once. So it's really hard to argue with the team building um, that Boston's done. Like even now. Like, we can argue that their head coaches uh, made a, a bunch of gaffes, and you can clearly see uh, Tatum and J- uh, Tatum and uh, Brown, you know, shit in the bed on a regular basis here um, in this last series and the series prior to it. Um, but they still make it to the conference finals. They're, they're epically talented. Mm-hmm. But it's the way um, that they go out with, it, with the amount of talent on that team is just... Well, it's how do you how are you so successful but still don't know how to play in the fourth quarter? I mean, in, in a in a in a way, it's very similar to how Milwaukee it was, mm-hmm. where it's like, how is it that when it comes time for you are like you are a, like championship roster, how is it that you're shitting your pants when it, when it comes time when it's like when it comes to nut crunching time and you're doing it against a heat team that outside of Kyle Lowry doesn't have a single player on that roster that has a ring like it's, it's <laughs> insane to me right like um it's it, it's, it's so like like it like it's their body swap uh, body switch like you could imagine this heat team with their experience with their roster composition be uh, doing the uh, making the same mistakes this Boston team is making and the Boston team seeming like we've been there before very professional taking care of business but it's not it's now granted they're still very young but i mean it's a pretty big financial commitment they have to make to uh, uh to those two in this coming off season um and unless something dramatic happens in this playoff series there's a lot of question marks there for Boston um, and obviously if they have to fire a six year coach, a six year contracted coach on top of that, that's a lot of money that they're going to have to start throwing around this, yeah. this off season, like the fourth month of his deal. Can we think of, uh, <laughs> which is the greatest deal ever. Like oh if you're Missoula, God. this is, this is the plan, right? Like, I mean, like you were like, okay, I could have been an assistant coach for another five or six years. I'm 35 years old. Move my way up the coaching ranks. Instead, let's sign a six-year mi- six multi-million dollar contract. Fuck up the job so bad they only asked me to do four months of work and then just retire. <laughs> Can we think of a bigger coaching mismatch on the spot? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. We, we saw... Uh, we, we well, I, like I guess mismatch. I think the best uh, the best was the clusterfuck coach uh, match that we had the series prior between Doc and Missoula, who wanted at least. Well, I, I mean, in terms of one coach who's just in total command and total control, and one coach who's completely out of his depth. I'm sure there was some do- uh, like there was some prime uh, uh, prime Greg Popovich series that he went up against like. You know, Is that, I think right now somebody in the West I I, where it was just a mess. I think I don't think there's a coach in the NBA I'd rather have right now than Spolstra. And this playoff run has yeah. kind of cemented that. I think I think what this uh, what this playoff run has shown uh, shown I think the world is that the 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 head coaching position actually has value. And front off, like the front office of the Miami Heat, may be the worst front office in in the league. <laughs> Imagine if they had some, some talented guys as opposed to the guys. Yeah, they got. I mean, 
I mean, how do you have a team that's maxed out on cap space with no draft picks and Jimmy Butler is the only star on it? They're making it work. And you have seven undrafted free uh, free agents on your on your roster. Bam has looked like, good this series is, too. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like the like the player development side of the Miami Heat it cannot be questioned. But I I question their ability to like their front office's ability to put together a, a roster because. It's kind of a shame that Spolstreth had to do this with what he's had. Could you imagine if they actually gave him some talent to play with? I mean, we've seen it. He won championships, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there's got to be a there's got to be a there's got to be a middle a middle ground between Jimmy Butler and a bunch of undrafted free agents and three of the top five players in the league. There's got to like they should be able to build a roster somewhere in between. And to be completely maxed out on cap space with no draft picks, and this is what the roster that they have to show for it—it's—it's it's kind of a—it's kind of an indictment um, that people don't call out nearly enough because Spolstra saves their ass every season. Every season, they were the one seed last year with the same yeah. roster. Yeah, no, with Tyler Hero on it. I mean, Tyler Hero was there for the regular season this year. He, he'll be back for the finals too. PJ Tucker. PJ, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, PJ. Yeah, that's the difference between an eighth seed and a fir- uh, and a one seed. PJ Tucker. Mm. Maybe that work out for Philly. Yeah. So uh, that <laughs> I guess that's going to be our Celtics Heat update, <laughs> uh, well, which we were going to do later. <laughs> no, we can bring it back up so I can. I, I, I can down. talk my cash money shit. <laughs> Uh, do you guys? Uh, so, do you guys want to talk? Uh, uh, do you guys want to talk the draft lottery then? Let's do it. All right. So we know where Wemby's going. He's going to the Charlotte Hornets at number two because the San Antonio Spurs have followed in love with Scoot Henderson. What do you guys think? I thought it was Brandon Miller. <laughs> yeah. So San Antonio won uh, won uh, the lottery draft lottery. They are drafting first, followed by Charlotte Hornets at number two. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers were the only uh, only team to move uh, make uh, make the jump into the top four. They're going to be picking at number three. Uh, number four is Houston, five Detroit, um, and then uh, everything else is chalk. So I believe that was uh, Magic at six, seven someone else, eight something different, nine, then ten is Dallas. And 14 is uh, Orlando, or the New Orleans Pelicans. So, Duke, what were your initial thoughts on the draft lottery? Anything interesting that you're watching out for? Um, I think we did it, guys. He's not going to Houston. Yeah, fuck it. That was great. Unless, of course, they're able to package Sangoon with that number fourth pick, number four pick, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Greg Popovich has a, has like a stroke, and they completely forget what they're doing. He wound up in the best landing spot. I'm not a Spurs yeah. fan, but I want to see this dude. I really was hoping to see Cade with him because I think Cade, uh, Cade would have been cool. I think Lamelo would have been interesting. Although I'm not 100 percent sold on Charlotte as an organization. Um, I think Detroit had the worst odds of the of the four, right? I think they had the best. They were number one. Were they? they dropped? Yeah, they. Oh. They were number one, and then they dropped uh, all the way to fifth. Uh, fifth, uh, San Antonio was fourth, and they jumped to thir- uh, first. And then Charlotte stayed at two, and Houston dropped to fourth. What a weird process, huh? 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so the, uh, yeah, the San Antonio, uh, San Antonio Spurs, uh, Charlotte Hornets, uh, picking at number two, Mike Kupchak, uh, the general manager of the Charlotte Hornets said, you know, they've accumulated a lot of talent over the years. They're comfortable on, uh, on talent. So they may not necessarily pick to uh, pick the best player, but the player that they need the most. Um, which I think is his way of prepping the, uh, prepping the fan base that they're not going to go for Scoot Henderson and they want to go from Brandon Miller. Um, it's his telegraph on that. But when you're a team that won 20 games last season to say that you have enough talent <laughs> is an odd choice of, uh, framing things. I'm hearing, and the, the split between Brandon Miller and, uh, Scoot Henderson, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm reading, uh, differing takes on who fits better. Some some people are saying he doesn't fit at all. You know, Brandon Miller doesn't fit at all. Other other yeah. draft guys are saying, "Oh no, it's the perfect fit." So who the hell knows? I mean, I, I mean, Brandon Miller, from what I can tell, like I've only watched a limited amount of him uh, when he was in when he was in the uh, uh, the March Madness tournament, and you know, apparently that wasn't his best ball. But not. you know. He's supposed to be like a catch and shoot three uh, three guy. He can handle the ball a little bit. He seems to have some playmaking skills. But most importantly, I think his metrics uh, lend you to believe that he's going to be a, a really good shutdown wing defender. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, all of those things seem to fit Char- Charlotte's needs on the checklist. Also, like there was uh, there was um, I uh, like uh, Miles Bridges on his IG. Uh, leaked uh, a, vi- a picture of him having a video call with Michael Jordan. So there's a very good chance Miles Bridges is going to be back in uh, Charlotte uh, Charlotte this uh, season. Mm-hmm. Seeing him paired with Lamelo, paired with uh, paired with uh, Brandon Miller. Like I mean, you're starting to see the functionality of a roster, or like a, a starting lineup there that could be pretty good for a long time. That said, you know, Scoot Henderson. Uh, the big knock on him, bad shooter um, from the outside. He's apparently got a very good mid-range game. He's obviously very athletic, able to drive to the hoop very well, and he can set up teammates uh, exceptionally well. Um, the uh, uh, the, uh, the pairing with him and Lamelo might make sense, giving a secondary ball handler. Lamelo did really well with Terry Rozier, uh, obviously, um, for, uh, for the t- his time in Charlotte. Um, and also the question is, is like, what's Lamelo's long-term plans? Does Lamelo seem like he's going to be a Charlotte Hornet for the next uh, for the next 10, 15 years? He's also been pretty injury-prone in his time with Charlotte, so this is a, he can become a contingency plan. Uh, a scoot can become a contingency contingency plan for the Hornets. Um, also, Lamelo has a really good shot. He could play off the ball a little bit if he wants to. Um, so there, there's some different options, uh, options there that, uh, that said, and then, and then I, I believe, uh, Amon Thomas is another one that, uh, people have been mentioning, uh, for Charlotte because he's, uh, uh, because of his size and such that said, like, I think, um, I think that Charlotte based off of, why would they be, I think, I think when you look at the, when you look at the team, you're like, you have a point guard. Picking a point guard would be uh, would be overlap. So why would you be prepping people that you're going to be picking for fit, not for, uh, not for talent, if you weren't planning on going outside of the consensus number two pick, which is Scoot. Yeah, I think, I think draft you always go best available. You always give yourself the best chance to win. Um, that's just me 
you know. Especially if you're that high in the draft. Yeah. You're that high in the draft for a reason, right? right? So, And let me throw this out there. What if, what do you think that they could get for LaMelo Ball in trade right now? If, if they went that route. And we're like, fuck it. We're going to get assets for him. And yeah, we'll just draft best available. We'll go Scoot Henderson. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, point guard is a, a point guard, uh, like a, a offense organizing point guard is something that everybody wants, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I'd imagine the demand would be pretty high for him. Uh, so, like, I mean, especially like, I don't know who, like, like thinking about other point guards that, you know, like famous point guards that we know maybe on the market. You're talking your Fred Van Fleets, you're talking uh, Trey uh, Trey Young, um, uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, James Harden, where would you rank Lamelo Ball in that in that group of five? Uh, I mean, I'd say top two or three. I mean, I would prefer him over James Harden yeah. and Iver, uh, uh, Irving. I think. I think the like yeah. he'll be cheaper. He's he'll be cheaper, and uh, he gives you a lot of uh, similar things. Plus. You know he's younger, and granted he has the injury history, but it's not like Irving's uh, Irving's immune to injury issues, and you know James Harden's been running into them the last few seasons as well with his hamstring issues. Kyrie looks for any any reason to not play. Van Fleet uh, Van Fleet doesn't give you the same kind of playmaking skills, but he is the best uh, defender of the five that was mentioned there. He plays every um, game too. And then, and then I guess, I guess it really depends on what your consideration of who uh, Trey Young is. I, um, I got this. Yeah. As a lifelong fan of the Charlotte Hornets, someone who's only looking out for their well-being and their best interests, I think you need to draft Scoot, and you need to yeah. trade Lamelo, and you need to bring in a veteran presence to kind of show Scoot what it's like in the league. Maybe develop an outside shot. So why not trade Lamelo for a guy like a Chris Paul? <laughs> uh, see yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it's uh. So, uh, like Sandy, where would you rank Lamelo? Like, if you were to put Lamelo, say Lamelo became available today, where would you rank him at among the available point guards I, I, that we know of? I think Lamelo is extremely talented and i think if you are running a team and you don't look at that guy and think i want him on my roster you shouldn't be running your team lamella is a top flight talent he's a good defender he's he's quick he he passes the ball he's a scorer he gets his shot at will now he had ankle issues this year i'm not sure what he had issues with his first season but his uh his second season he played all but five games, six games, something like that. So, I mean, when he's healthy, he he's he's very very good. Yeah, I mean, like I I think you know thinking about it more, I I think I agree with you. I definitely would take him over Trey Young. I um, would take I would him probably, over Trey. I, I like take him over I, uh, Irving and Harden. So I I, I would say he's got to be probably he would be easily the number one uh, point guard on the market. In which case, I think the price for him would be. Uh, roster players plus a shit ton of picks. He's what twenty one, twenty two. Looking to sh- uh, shop him. Um, let me t- uh, take a look here. He's uh, very young. To Lamelo. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's probably twenty two. I think. Uh, so he was twenty one this season. So he'll be twenty two next season. He's 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 young. He's he's already got three years under the belt. 
Yeah. Hopefully he's got no. the, the chance to put the injuries behind him. Like the the things that you, the things you question with Lamelo Ball is like would be like the injury history. Yeah. Obviously, he's had two of his three seasons have been shortened by injury. Uh, last season was particularly bad. Um, and then you know that like outside of that, the only other thing you would be considering is is this a place long term? Like obviously, Lamelo Ball is a person who's grown up in the spotlight. You know, is a city like Charlotte a place where he feels like? He he would be the kind of star that he wants to be, you know, that, that, that would be the questions that you would have, uh, with regards to Lomelo, both in both acquiring him and, uh, um, in, in maintaining, uh, maintaining a roster build around him. Um, that said, Portland Trailblazers is another interesting, uh, interesting pick. They're in another interesting position. Obviously they have the ability to pick whoever remains between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. I think if you gave them true serum and they didn't want they didn't end up trading the pick and they were maintain their roster as is, it would be Brandon Miller that they would probably want because God knows they already have enough guards on their roster. Um, that said, Dame Lillard did uh, did ask the fans if they wanted him trade because uh, the the question now is now that you have the third overall pick, do you trade the pick and bring in a roster player that will help them compete today, or do you trade Dame Lillard and uh, and build the team around whomever you pick third overall? Dame Lillard has now asked the fans if they want him traded to put together a petition and have it signed, and then he'll consider it. Sandy, what are your thoughts on the uh, third overall pick okay. and Dame Lillard's uh, proposition? So much like I just did with Lamelo, can I ask how old is Damian Lillard? He's probably 33, 34? 33, I believe. Yeah. And he came up, like, obviously he had the uh, he had some injury problems yeah, the last, past uh, several uh, years, yeah. Two, two, uh, two of the last three years. But last season, he had an exceptionally healthy season. And he was very good. I, I would argue his career year. So he was 32 years old 32, last season, so. so he'd be 33 coming into this year. And let me just, uh, while you uh, describe that, uh, describe your thoughts on Dame Lillard, I'm going to just go look into his salary real quick. So when it comes to Dame, you got to wonder, how much longer is he going to continue to produce to the level he is all by himself out there? If if you don't, if you draft a guy, he's not going to be able to immediately help, most likely, at least not to the level that Dame would want because Dame wants to contend, Dame wants to make it to the playoffs, and Dame wants to play at a high level in the playoffs. So a rookie, for the most part, they're, they're not going to be able to do that. Now, there are some exceptions every few years. Where I'm not certain about Scoot being... The guy who can do that, I'm not certain about Miller or Thompson being the guy who can do that at that age um, because I haven't personally seen them play. But I think if you want to win now and keep Dame, you trade the pick. If you want to use that pick, you move Dame because there's a conflict of interest there. If you're wanting to go young and use this pick for your team, it's time to get what you can for Dame while you can. Yeah, I mean, uh, like it's it's hard not to disagree with that. Like, I mean, Dame's made it made it perfectly clear that he wants to stay, but he also wants to stay with uh, uh, with a team that is competing. He doesn't have an appetite for a rebuild uh, right now. He is scheduled to make forty five million uh, forty five and a half million dollars next season. Forty. Uh, he has a player option that he's already exercised apparently for forty nine million dollars the following season. Uh, so he'll be up for a contract extension fairly shortly. Um, that said, you know, Dame is, uh, 
Um, Dame's a great player, but if he if he's looking to compete immediately, the the uh, the Portland Trailblazers are going to need to put together a trade package with that uh, with that number three pick and likely Anthony Anthony Simons to bring in a player that's going to take this roster from twelfth in the West to like top four in the West. Right. And the question is, is what does that, who is that player and what does that trade look like? Like, you know, the names that we've obviously heard on the market are Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young. Obviously there's, you know, there's your James Hardens, your Kyrie Irvings, which I definitely don't think those will make logical fits on this roster. They've done the the two small guards who ball ball dominant before, and they're currently doing it right now. Um, they need to move away from that, obviously. Um, alternatively, there's other names that people suspect may join the market if the price is right. Your Pascal Siakams, your OG Ananobis, um, your uh, your Miles, uh, your not your Miles, sorry, your uh, Mikhail Bridges. Um, I guess uh, Duke. Do you think there's a player that the Portland Trailblazers can logically acquire with this third overall pick plus uh, plus uh, Anthony Simons that would make a team competitive for Dame? Um, Bridges would be interesting, but what they really need is defense. I mean, they've got I think they've got scoring. They they just really, <laughs> I mean, a wing defender would be nice. That would be uh, Bridges, Nurkic, yeah. Yeah, Nurkic is not, I mean, he's serviceable. So if you had like, a, so if you had a lineup of Dame, uh, Sharp, uh, sorry, Dame, Sharp, uh, like uh, Jeremiah, uh, sorry, Jeremy Grant, um miles bridges and nurkic do you think that's a roster that would be a top five lineup in the Mc west top four lineup mikhail not miles yeah sorry mikhail bridges um you know it's hard to say because i think the west is pretty fluid um so yeah, yeah. i mean I, I i like their odds better than if they were in the east for sure i mean you got to think that you don't need a, a team of superstars to compete in the West. You know, you can get lucky, hit a run. I mean, all you got to do yeah. is just get in. The Lakers are an example of that, right? Like, yeah. even though they do have, like, they yeah. do have a core that is LeBron James and Anthony Davis, <laughs> you know, their team was basically a bunch of role players that kind of coalesced around, uh, around like, a superstar like Anthony Davis, right? So, yeah, well, it seems like they are uh, they are not moving Dame. They're going to move that pick from, from everything I'm – I've heard and read yeah. is they're shopping it and they're just waiting for the right deal. So, I mean, a top three pick this year, it's a top heavy draft. Um, you know, the, it's interesting yeah, it's, to it's see like, what they can get. I mean, depending on who you're talking to, you're talking about a draft where the f top, like obviously the number one pick is in an echelon all on its own. Yeah. But the next two to three picks are said to be, you know, people who could define a franchise. Ready. Yeah, and the and then the next and the next ten picks after that are all supposed to be core, uh, like players that could be a uh, a long term piece of your core. So it's it's a deep draft, but yeah, it definitely seems like if you have the opportunity to get into the top four of the draft, it would make a lot of sense for your organization. Right. Um, so, and, and that's the thing too, like, if you're like, like, 
I'm like thinking to myself, if I'm if I'm Portland, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't like the fit between Anthony Simons and uh, Dame yeah, Willard, it, it, and work. during and during the Dame hiatus at the end of the season, Shaden Sharp showed that he's ready to start. And he's ready to kind of take on more of a role. He has more of a defensive upside. He's a lot more athletic than Anthony Simons. Um, so I'm wondering, like, like I think si- if you ha- if you're keeping Dame Simons, probably should go this off season. And I think packaging him with the third overall pick gets you a much better player in that in that position. But I think you can still get in the door with some interesting players, like maybe like a Sadiq Bay or something like that. Um, with si- uh, with Simon still on the uh, still on the roster, uh, like without that third pick, I'm wondering who are they going to get that's better for their franchise than a Brandon Miller or a Scoot Henderson. There are rumors afoot that they're interested in DeAndre Ayton. I mean, yeah, I mean, the one of the one of the trade like one of the trades I saw uh, position was not DeAndre Ayton, but an uh, uh, Alfred Sangoon. And the fourth pick um, from Houston to move up to the third pick, and I mean, yeah, I, that would be a, that would be a really interesting trade. I think uh, upgrading on Nurkic uh, at the center position would be an option. I think DeAndre Ayton plays uh, uh, plays into that as well. Um, I'm just not sure, like the depth aspect that they that Phoenix needs to turn De- DeAndre Ayton into. I'm not sure that they would get that from Portland because Portland just doesn't have a lot of players yeah. I think a lot of people want, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously it would be, it, it would probably be in a framework of uh, Anthony Simons and that third pick. And the question is, is like, does is Ayton worth that third pick? Probably, probably not. not. But they're interested um, in them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, an, an upgrade on Nurkic, I think it would be a big move for a uh, big move for uh, the the Portland Trailblazers. If if they could upgrade on Nurkic, add a little bit of depth, and uh, and get Anthony Simons out of that lineup and replace it with Shaden Sharp, I think they have something that would become more competitive. That said, I don't I don't see the magic bullet that's going to turn them into a championship comp- contender anytime soon. Yeah, they got. I mean, <laughs> they got Dame. That's all you got. You, you you hit a run in the playoffs. Just let him go. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we defense, saw it with Jimmy Butler. If you, I mean, if your defense is serviceable enough, you know, it, I think it would be better than what we saw this year. <laughs> He's, yeah. I mean, like if they get, if they can always like Dame could always do it. A pull of Jimmy Butler. Like obviously Dame doesn't have the same defensive edge, but like we've seen him. When he he's wants to put somebody away, he's done it before. He's taken them right? to the West Finals before, hasn't mm-hmm. he? I believe so. Yeah, yeah he has. They, I'm pretty sure in that series, they got swept, but they were up double digits in every single game against Golden State. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and that was the that was the glory uh, glory years of Terry Stotts, you know, who is still without a job and not named in any of the coaching Which searches. Which is heinous. I mean, if you see what that Portland team was before Terry Stotts and what he did with it, it is one of the. It is a remarkable situation that he has not been named in any of these coaching searches, and hasn't been since he got canned last season. Maybe he just doesn't want to. Uh, that might be. That might be it. Maybe he's just kind of done with it. He's like just taking a vacation from it. But uh, is he still getting paid by Portland? Or are they I buying don't know. him out? 
I don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know your Terry Stotts. I don't. I don't have my Terry Stotts hmm. uh, contract history up in front of me. I'm sorry. Hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, no, it's a it, you know it's an interesting situation. I think Portland's a, a hot button point. The other uh, the other two spots that are definitely up for grabs. It sounds like are uh, Dallas at ten and uh, the Pelicans at fourteen. Obviously. Dallas at ten is uh is one that's been mentioned another uh, another location for DeAndre Ayton, and that they definitely seem to the uh, the rumored package, uh being Javale McGee, uh, uh Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, and the tenth overall pick, um that package for DeAndre Ayton, I mean, if Phoenix were able to pull that off, that I think fixes their depth issues almost in one trade, which is exactly what they'd be hoping for by, uh, by moving on from Deandre Ayton. Um, obviously, uh, obviously when it comes to Dallas, that leaves you with what Reggie Bullock, uh, Kyrie Irving, if he chooses to resign Donkic and, uh, Donkic and Deandre Ayton, that's not really much of a roster to be building around, and no draft picks to fill in the uh, fill in the gaps either. So you're basically going to be having to hope that uh, that Jason Kidd can pull off an Eric Spoelstra and turn 17 undrafted free agents into a roster that's worth uh, worth uh, penciling together, uh, piecing together. So I don't know why that makes any sense for Dallas, but if that's a trade that's on the market for uh, for Phoenix, what do you think, uh, Sandy? Would you jump all over it? I like the trade in principle, but I do not like the idea of giving Dallas what they want. I mean, gonna, if Dallas has shown uh, if Dallas has shown anything in these trades, giving them what they want is exactly what you need to do to kill them. So, off. how about we make an amendment here, and we add in Chris Paul, and they add in Kyrie? All right, yeah, sure, go right, for it. Like, it. <laughs> give it. <laughs> have Dallas take all of your garbage. But yeah, like, I mean, realistically though, like if you're looking at your team, if you're looking at your team right now and you're able to add four decent role players with a player who, I mean, real, realistically seems replaceable with your existing talent. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you go for that as an organization right now? Cause that's your number one thing is your depth, uh, depth on, uh, on the squad. Josh green, obviously great wing defender has, has shown some offensive and playmaking upside. You know, uh, Javel McGee. He's been in Phoenix before. He he was well liked in Phoenix. You know, he could be a decent backup uh, backup to uh, to Jacques, or he may even get starting minutes over Jacques. Um, and then uh, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, a nice guy who can run uh, run and gun off the bench. Um, he can even be inserted in the starting lineup if it needs more offense, which I don't think is going to be a problem with your current uh, current core. Um, but you know, like, it seems like, uh, it, it seems like that, like that would be a home run, um, for, uh, for a DeAndre Ayton trade. If, if that was the kind of package that they were able to nail. Yeah. But only time will tell if they actually do that or not. You know, there's rumors, but I tend to not buy into them much until I actually see a deal happen. I mean, uh, the, at least with this rumor, it makes sense on both sides. It doesn't. 
it doesn't. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense for uh, for Dallas's side, but it makes sense when you remember that Mark Cuban's making these decisions, yeah. and he's making a very. He's been consistently showing that he's playing desperate. He made a desperate decision by uh, by acquiring Kyrie Irving and blowing up his season this season. He made a desperate decision by bailing on Christoph Porzingis last season uh, for no pl- uh, no players, and you know this this reeks of the same kind of desperate. Uh, desperation that we've seen earlier in this uh in this cycle from uh from cuban so i I think that uh it does make sense from dallas's position when you consider that um but on phoenix's side this is a hundred percent what you'll be hoping to get for deandre i'm just wondering what they'd flip that 10th pick for I mean, they flip it or they pick it. Like, I mean, like at least because they got, they're going to run into obviously salary problems eventually. Right? They've got to get another bid. Getting a young, uh, getting a young, uh, getting a young salary control player. That tenth pick once again. Like we're talking about a draft that's fourteen players deep uh, right now with people who should be able to step in. Um, you know, Phoenix picks. Uh, obviously, Phoenix doesn't believe in the draft, and they've said that on record. But if they they, like it wouldn't be a bad idea to to utilize that pick and um, get a get a nice depth player who can develop long term, be cheap, but also still uh, be good enough to contribute. Um, you look at like a team like if you look at a team like Denver, Denver has that with Christian uh, Christian Brown, right? Um, and uh, I think that uh, with uh, the changes to the salary cap coming up, it's going to be even more important and more valuable for teams to hold on to their picks and take these salary control players and turn them into functional role players on their team um, moving forward. Duke, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree with everything you just said. That's brilliant. Yeah. You're brilliant. Thank you. I appreciate that. You want to talk WNBA? Um, I'm not going to have a lot of thoughts on it, but sure. Obviously, the WNBA tipped off this weekend. Uh, we had some really uh, really great matchups. Brittany Griner uh, made her first appearance and dominated for the, uh, uh, for the Phoenix Mercury. Um, and... Also, big news coming out of it was uh, Darvin Ham took in uh, took in the game, and promptly uh, lost the third game to the Nuggets, um, and everybody's blaming the women for that. What are you guys' thoughts? Wait, what? Because he was at the game. Yeah, he he, he didn't prepare it properly because he was at the game. Like people can't do two, so. That's why they lost more than one thing, and and they're when you're when you're down two nothing in a series, you can Who only said that. Can the only Lakers be coaching. fans saying that. Probably yeah. Stephen Lakers A. Smith were, said that. That's dumb. Lakers fans were criticizing Dar- Darvin Ham for watching, uh, uh, going to uh, uh, an LA Sparks game. That's really dumb, and I wish, I wish I didn't know that that was a thing that people thought. That's incredibly stupid. <laughs> so you don't agree then that that was the reason why they lost that game? No. No, that's so dumb. Are you being serious? Sandy, uh, are you being serious? People actually think that. Yeah. Lakers yeah. fans Why would are I joke about They that? live all their lives with their head buried in the sand. Christ almighty. What are we yeah, doing? Darvin Ham is a bad coach. He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't. Uh, what are we doing here? He didn't stay home. He had to go watch a, a L.A. Sparks game. He should have been drawing up a game plan, Darvin. 
A lot of good it did you. Why didn't you know? Why didn't you draw? Why didn't you draw up a game plan? Why aren't you watching film? Why aren't you in the gym with Anthony Davis telling him how to take down Jokic? What's the matter with you, Darvin? You know, one thing I did. I actually do have something to talk about in uh, WNBA. One thing I did see is that uh, Becky Hammond got suspended, or she got the she lost a draft pick. Yeah, they lost a draft pick, and she was suspended two games. Um. For uh, violations of uh, the workplace health and workplace safety um, situation, yeah, uh, so bullied. forgive me, I, I don't know the person's first name right now. De-Erica. It starts with a D, but her last name is Dierica Hamby or Hamby, or I'm not sure how it's Hamby. pronounced. Yeah, I'm sure it's Hamby. Um, she was a yeah of the of the new england handbys um so she was uh, uh she was on the la uh, las vegas uh aces um and she was a two-time six uh, six woman of year award winner um and uh the las vegas aces just won their second championship and they stocked up and they got like a real good super team going for this this coming year um but uh, during the championship uh, parade, uh, Hambai uh, announced that uh, she was pregnant. She was expecting another child, and uh, then um, then the uh, Aces made it clear to her afterwards that they would be trading her uh, because they need bodies. They don't need they don't need uh, someone sitting on the IR for the season. Um, and apparently, that was a conversation that uh, Hammond had with her basically saying that she's getting traded because she's pregnant. They need bodies. They don't need, need a pregnant lady uh, sitting, uh, sitting on the sidelines. So they traded her and him, uh, Hamby, uh, then made it public. The conversation, the reason why she was traded, how she didn't want to be traded, but she was told that she'd be traded because of, uh, uh, because of the fact that she was pregnant and, uh, an investigation ensued. There was also some speculation that there was, uh, payments made under the table that would circumvent the salary cap which is why they had such a successful free agency because they they signed a bunch of stars including candace parker this free agency um so that's uh, that was not substantiated but the draft pick uh the first dra- uh, first round draft pick being uh being deducted in uh a two-game suspension for uh, uh hammond was uh was done based off of the uh, workplace uh, issues related to uh, how they spoke to Hamby prior to trading her. It's relating to her pregnancy. It's, um, it's kind of interesting to me that's you know in a league dominated by women that uh, something like this I don't believe has happened before, at least not in the public eye, right? I'm sure it's yeah. happened before. Like I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, like the thing is, is like. It's hard for me to talk about sure. this because it's not something that physically would uh, ever happen to me. Um, but that said, like, I mean, I'm sure that we've, like, we've, we've seen DeMarcus Cousins, for instance. You know, he he tore his Achilles right before hit him getting offered a max contract. And then as a result, he bounced around the league for 10 years, uh, for, uh, for four consecutive seasons before he bounced out of the league. Uh, we saw it with Isaiah Thomas and his knee issues. Uh, Which one? The uh, the the bad one. Um, 
which one? So, so we saw we saw Isaiah Thomas with his uh, with his knee or his hip issue. Sorry, prior to get uh, getting the Brinks truck backed up as he had requested. Um, but you know, like so, we and he also got traded that off uh, that off season for Kyrie Irving. So like. We've seen in in the men's league when it comes to injuries that we're okay with treating these people like they are not people, but in fact just assets, and what they are able to produce on the floor is what they are what they are worth to the the organization. So obviously, you have uh, Becky Hammond who was raised uh, who was uh, from the Greg Popovich tree. She's coached uh, she coached in uh, the NBA as an assistant coach and in the G League as a head coach over 5 seasons she's exposed to that culture so her considering her players as nothing more than assets is that is that something that i think is obtuse or outside of the norm no i don't think so you know i mean uh so it doesn't surprise me that something like this comes up i think uh the our inability to really talk about that is you know a blind spot in sports because we have we cover mostly male dominated sports and these issues aren't things that would come up in a male dominated mm-hmm. sport when we when they when adjacent issues come up we suck in those conversations when a uh, when a man takes off time because his uh, because his wife uh, just had a kid or something like that you know like that happened with jimmy butler two seasons ago he took like what two or three weeks off when his kid was born in the mi- middle of the regular season and he was criticized for that um so obviously fans and uh people in, in male dominated sports don't have the capacity of understanding these kinds of topics uh, or i don't show a capacity a willingness to understand these type of, types of topics so um but when yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it doesn't seem it doesn't seem obtuse for me uh, that 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 Becky Hammond said it. I don't also believe it should have been said. Um, so that's that's just my thoughts on that on that topic, Sandy. It seemed like you wanted to say something. I kept blabber. blabber. Oh, uh, no, I was just gonna do my thing where I interrupt with a joke. Okay. Darvin Ham by <laughs> full circle. Uh I hope he is. so. His so the Lakers' job is definitely going to become available after this series, right? Because he he took in that game. He really mazulaed it. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm joking. Darvin Ham's been amazing this yeah, uh, no, this postseason. He's, he's done a good, good job. The Lonnie Walker game was enough to uh, enough to secure him at least one more season. I think. Mm. Yeah, at least. Do you remember when? So yeah, that's a, that's a, those are all very important details that you uh, that you broke down. I think there's a couple things that I would like to present in Jacques Vaughn's uh, um, defense. Obviously, he has the beard, right? So he can absorb that shock absorption, right? You're gonna have to work the lower body on Jacques. You can't go upper body on him because he's he's got he's got a little bit of the he's got a little bit of cushion there. Um, so you're really just gonna tire yourself out. The other aspect is is Ben Simmons must, much more muscularly defined, which means that he could get tired pretty quickly um, in a fight. A lot of oxygen, a lot of blood flow that it's required to keep those muscles nice and uh, nice and energetic, nice and elastic. You know, Jock could just rope-a-dope him, you know? Just to keep, ta- just to keep absorbing those hits and then, pow! Ninth, uh, ninth, ninth, uh, ninth quarter or whatever they call them. <laughs> round. Ninth round. Ninth quarter. Yep, nailed it. 
Uh, ninth round, uh, that was the chair. That wasn't my, <laughs> was my ass. You're listening to the Fool Court Press Podcast. All right, we're back and better than ever. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Fool Court Press Podcast, the only podcast made by Fools for Fools. We're going to talk Denver Lakers. As we speak right now, uh, the Lakers are up over the Denver Nuggets in Game 4. I believe it's in halftime. One second here. I'm just uh, loading up the score. Just came out. One second here. Just came back from halftime. Just just came back from halftime. It is 75-61 to 61 in favor of the Lakers. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are up 3-0 in the series, so uh, and they're playing in L.A. right now, so there's a possibility that they lose this game and the series gets wrapped up in Denver. What are you guys' thoughts so far of what you've seen so far in the series? Uh, domination. Pain. Pain. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, Jokic has obviously had a had a rough time in Game Three, right up until the fourth quarter. He was in foul trouble throughout that game, and still the Nuggets were able to dominate, uh, like not dominate, but lead throughout the game, and then dominate in the fourth quarter once Jokic kind of turned on the Jets, um, mostly on the back of a first half uh, from Jamal Murray where he scored thirty points. Um, that said, Jamal Murray didn't have any points in the third quarter. Jokic didn't have any points in the third quarter. And in that third quarter, the uh, Nuggets' only lo- uh, lead only diminished by one point. Um, so, missed opportunity. Speaking towards the depth of the uh, Denver Nuggets, I, I don't know which we, which we consider it, but um, Game 3 seemed very impressive uh, from my position when it comes to talking about the Nuggets as a championship contender. What did you think about that, Duke? What do we want from this series the rest of the way? Do we we do we just want it to be over? Would we prefer it? I kind of feel that way about both series. I don't feel like there's much of a competition in either of them. The Lakers were able to keep it close in Denver, but I mean, the LeBron just needs to take the rest of the season off. Like he's got to fix whatever problems causing it, it hurting his foot. Um, game two, he missed a dunk, blew a couple layups. He got blocked twice at the rim by like Michael Porter Jr. It's it's been it's not been pretty uh, pretty serious for LeBron. Obviously, his jump shot is completely gone. Um, you know, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, you know his defense has changed how the Nuggets play. But I think the Nuggets are such a versatile offensive team. You you can take away the rim, and then the mid-range and outside shot game come, uh, comes alive. When, you, when you're away from the rim, the cutting game comes alive, and their transition game has just been on point as well. I mean, it's there's such a, such a dynamic offensive force. Uh, even in Jokic's bad games, he's still putting up 28 points. You know, it's... I, I've I've seen enough uh, of this series to feel like um, I, I don't need to see any more of it. To be honest, um, I've seen what I I've seen what I wanted to see out of it, which is how does Jokic play against the best defensive player in the league? Which I think it's at this point in time inarguable that Anthony Davis is the best player in the league when it comes to being uh, comes to the defensive side of the ball. Um, and the answer is he plays very well. Yeah, um, very, pretty good. <laughs> You know, we've seen we've seen obviously Austin Reeves is able to respond. Rui Hachimura seems like he might be a player for the rest of the like it may actually have a, a career at this mm-hmm. thing, um, this basketball game. Um, Jamal Murray obviously has gone 
atomic level Jamal Murray again. Um, and it seems like this has been a real coming out party for both him and Jokic. Um, and then, you know, you're seeing some really good player plays from their role players. Uh, KCP had a really good game one. Bruce Brown's been solid throughout this entire playoffs. Um, you know, I, I've seen a, like I've seen a lot of positive things from the Nuggets. I've seen some good things from the Lakers, but they're just coming up against a team that's significantly better than them, and it's hard for them yeah, to compete. And as we've been talking, the Nuggets have closed the lead to eight. So, yeah, I see that seventy-five to yeah, 60, they 67. seven straight, and Lakers called a timeout. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not so. It's not surprising. LeBron's played well this game, like really well. <laughs> he had thirty-one in the first half, four for four from three. On thirteen yep. shots, eleven from thirteen. Yeah, eleven and thirteen, four or four rebounds, yep. four assists. I mean, and he's shown that he has games. Like you know, he still has a game here or there. Uh, but I don't know. I'm hoping it's a foot injury and it's not just father time. But no. this is not a this is not the LeBron James that you know ran ran rough shot over the East uh, Eastern Conference for a decade. That's for sure. I think he's uh, he definitely can't go full game every game i think that's clear so i don't i don't really know what that means for next season um how how his role might change if it will change but yeah don't do it it takes some time to get healthy i care about you don't do it i like one of the things that's been obviously great about this season ever since the russell westbrook trade is the emergence of austin rivers or austin reeves sorry um his ability to be a primary ball handler for uh, uh, for the Lakers, I think, is an evolution that the Lakers roster wasn't expecting when they made these trades. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, they have Russell coming up for uh, contract extensions. Rui Hachimura is coming up for uh, contract extensions, as well as Austin Reeves um, and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. And Malik Beasley has a non-guaranteed contract. So they got a lot of roster decisions to make. Um, about this team it'll be interesting to see what they do but if they end up keeping austin reeves and Rui hachimura i think they i think they uh have a core to kind of kind of supplement uh downgrading uh lebron james's role um in the final year of his contract with the lakers but yeah uh that's a uh, that's all i have to say about the denver uh, denver lakers series you guys want to talk uh, i know uh, sandy you had some more things you wanted to add about the heat celtics even though i think we uh, we tackled that pretty thoroughly in the topics to John. everyone on this show you're all cowards you didn't have the spine to say that the miami heat could win the east even though they were a game from it just a year ago no one had the balls. No one had the guts. No one had the intestinal fortitude to say, except for me and my pal Duke, that the Heat would win this series in five. And now it's looking like it might just so, be four. So I, I like I appreciate yeah. uh, I appreciate where you're coming from there, but I would yeah. like to point out that. ESPN Advanced Analytics Department has has the win probability of the Boston Celtics in the series still at seventy two percent. I don't know why you're so. There's confident. only one game left. This they're they're rope they're rope doping this uh, rope doping the heat what, right if that's now. That's the case. They're real dopes. All slag. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. The, I, I'm 
I believe in I, I believe in science and I believe in numbers and the numbers are telling me that the heater the numbers are telling me that they're three for three. Yeah, that's what they wanted you yeah. to do. That's what mm-hmm. this is like. This is the, this is the long game. You, the long you're not game. smart enough yeah. to figure this out, so you don't have to worry about. It. Just understand that the calculator says that all is well. The Boston Celtics will win in seven. I don't remember if it was one game into the Milwaukee series or two when I said the Heat. It was one game into the Milwaukee series that you said that the Heat were going to win the East. Yeah, and you're lucky. You're lucky that like every team has decided to shit the uh, shit their pants every time they played yeah. the Heat. Uh, moving you, forward, you, because this, uh, that was uh, that was an insanely uh, stupid take. There's, they were down 15 points. The goddamn Chicago Bulls in the second play-in game after they blew it to the uh, Atlanta Hawks, and then you saw them not, win one fucking luck. game, and you said that they were going to win the East. That was a dumb take. It was a dumb take. I don't, I, I don't regret it. They, mm-hmm. Them winning all of these games doesn't change my mind. The, the, that was a dumb take, and you deserve to be made I fun of for it. I did not say, it. by the way, that they would win the East. I said process over results. Process over process results. Over results. Your, results are, your results are invo- uh, invalid. Okay. The process was broken. Are you, are you saying that Embiid is broken? Is that what that is? The process is broken? Because I agree he was. He was pretty broke. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, the, that, that process is a bad process. Broken. I'm talking about actual process. <laughs> there's, there's, there's only two words that describe why the Heat are in this position. I'll give you those words right now. Jimmy Spolstra. Pat Riley. They're here in in spite of Pat Riley. The Godfather. <laughs> Godfather. Damn it. I'm just glad you didn't say Hemi Butler because I would have booted you the fuck out of this chat. Himothy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, one second here. <laughs> Timely. All right. Uh, anything else that you'd like to contribute at all, Duke, uh, to this uh, to this conversation? Put some respect on that man. You guys, you're cowards. you're cowards. You don't you don't respect respect culture culture half button Volpez culture Udonis. How do you keep getting back in here? Ud. <laughs> all right, I'm done. So. <laughs> no, I got nothing else. Bless you. Do you remember when? And said, "Nice, uh, uh, nice block, J- uh, JT." JT. Uh, and then he later beat when he beat the uh, the New York Knicks. He said it was really great to have a game that was decided by the players instead of the refs. So uh, this is LeBron easing into uh, middle age. <laughs> then he's following. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> JT. Yeah, on Instagram, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take this to the gram." JT. <laughs> how do you? How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> then he. Uh, and then obviously Kyrie Irving trade happened, and uh, LeBron James really was uh, really uh, gung ho about bringing Kyrie to LA. You're listening to the Fool Court Press Podcast. Alright, we're back and better than ever. I apologize everybody that had to listen to that nonsense from the previous uh, previous segment, but the, we are the only podcast made by Fools for Fools at the Fool Court Press Podcast. Uh, we're moving on to our favorite segment of the week. Duke's Movie Review. Duke, review it. Uh, 
Isn't there a big preamble here? Yeah, things happened before. You said some of it was good, some of it was bad. And you, you read it. Pretty you read good. a Wikipedia page. You didn't. You didn't watch Paranorman. You you slept through. You slept through some movies. You didn't like uh, Space Jam. Things like that. Ham sandwich. TV. Give uh, us a review. I watched the Jungle Book, the original Jungle Book. Oh, the original one, not the uh, live no, action the one. Why wouldn't you just kid, read the Jungle Book? You didn't want to see the watch. No, nah, my kid likes it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. good. I like it. It's problematic, so, but which you're you problematic. Which is your favorite? Well, yeah, like obviously, <laughs> it's a Disney movie from like yeah. the sixties, <laughs> and it involves a brown kid. Yeah, like, we, don't just, need, we don't need all that. of we it's gonna. Need all, it. <laughs> uh, which is your favorite song? Oh man, Bare Necessities, right? I like. King I mean, Louis that's song, the common right? one. I was gonna say King Louis song is the one. Yeah. What he desires is man's What's great fire. That's all he wants from me. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, man, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I don't know who, which man you're talking about. Is it Mowgli? Is it King Louis? Which, who uh, are we talking about? Bashir. Uh, the guy who played, uh, um, the guy who played uh, King Louis. I think he fell asleep watching the movie. Right. No, 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 no. It's an hour and sixteen minutes. I can stay up. I, I I don't know. I'm like a dog with a bone on this. Hold on. Well, <laughs> after a dog gets the bone, they usually take a nap. Tell us more about your stupid dog takes. Uh, Louis, uh, Louis, uh, Pr- Louis Prima. Prima. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's good. Blah, blah, blah. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. He's good. He's got some good he's songs. He's good, yeah. Louis, uh, Louis old, Prima. Old, old jazz yeah. singer, I believe. Yeah, yeah, very. Uh, you know, he's a uh, he, he knows how to belt him. Belt him. Belt him from the beltway. Belt him. All right. Well, that that'll about do it for the Fool Court Press podcast, the only podcast made by fools for fools. Uh, I was joined here today by. Uh, Sandy and Duke, my name's Lufa. Uh, remember, you can always leave us a voicemail at uh, 724-FU-FOOLS. That's 724-383-6657. You can also text it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at FCourtPress. And topic suggestions can be sent to hashtag FCPRundown. Everybody say goodbye. What about Sandy's soccer seconds? Sandy soccer seconds. Ooh, interesting. All right. And Peace out. Time. <laughs> so is it a is it Memorial Day for you guys this weekend? Or this last weekend? Uh this coming weekend is, is um, Memorial Day. Because we have a we had our Victoria Day long weekend. So ah, today was a day off. The Queen. Yep. Had to celebrate the the brave leadership that allowed us to liberate this land mm-hmm. from the those pesky yes. Native Americans, mm-hmm. and we celebrate it by actually not even really referring to it in Canada as Victoria Day long weekend. It's it's May two four, named after a twenty four pack of beer, because oh. we celebrate this uh, this holiday like any good Canadian would by drinking and going fishing.